0: Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book of Mice and Men. Of Mice and Men is one of Steinbeck's masterpieces that reflect his ability to accurately transform social perceptions into narratives. It tells the story of how the protagonists George and Lenny attempt to pursue their dream of land only for it to end in failure. This widely acclaimed book is one of the ten most read classics in American education. In the beginning of the century, British readers have nominated Of Mice and Men as one of the top 100 best-loved novels in the United Kingdom. The title, Of Mice and Men, was inspired by the poem To a Mouse by the Scottish poet Robert Burns. A famous line in the poem reads, The best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. This line can be used to describe the fate of the novel's main characters, George and Lenny's fate in the novel, no matter how hard they work and how carefully they act, their hope of saving up always falls through because of Lenny's innocent mistakes. They are forced to be constantly on the run, drifting from place to place until an irreparable mistake, causing their dream to be completely shattered. Of Mice and Men was written in the United States in the 1930s. Today's society is very different and the contextual background of that time have changed a lot. Some of the problems described in the book have disappeared on account of worldwide economic development and critical societal changes. So, why is this novel still acclaimed by people all over the world? Although some specific social issues may be different nowadays, The living conditions of the lower-class characters reflected in the plot of the book still resonate with many people. Steinbeck's Nobel Prize motivation states that he won the accolade for his realistic and imaginative writings, combining as they do sympathetic humor and keen social perception. After all, what is this story all about? How did the two protagonists dream of land fall into ruins? What kind of living conditions are reflected in this narrative? and why has it received so well from different audiences? Next, we will introduce this book by dividing it into three major parts. In Part 1, we will summarize the plot of the novella, using George's four conversations with Lenny about their dream as the narrative thread. In Part 2, we will explore the dual themes of the book and briefly analyze its protagonists. Finally, in Part 3, we will consider the value of the work, based on its creative background and writing style to discuss the relevance of Steinbeck's message in today's society. A few miles south of Soledad, California, there is a forest with a small path. In the evenings, the passing tramps would exit the highway, cross the path, and set up camp by the riverbanks to rest their weary heads, so that they can continue on their journey the next day. The summer is extremely hot, there is a breeze in the forest, And two men are approaching in a single file. They are dressed in overalls, and the black hats on their heads are worn out of shape. The one walking in front is small in stature. He has thin arms, small, strong hands, and sharp features. His eyes are restless, and he moves with agility. The one at the back is the polar opposite, burly and broad shouldered. He has pale features and walks with heavy steps, similar to the way a bear drags his paws the first man is named George, and his partner is Lenny. George and Lenny are on their way to a ranch for work. The bus driver gave them the wrong directions, so they had to walk about four miles before finally catching sight of the ranch. At first, they consider going there directly to have supper and spend the night, but that would mean they must start working immediately the next morning and lift grain bags for the whole day. Taking all of that into account— they decide to spend the night at the sandbanks, take the time to enjoy their last little bit of idleness. To be precise, this is actually George's plan. Lenny doesn't know anything, he simply follows George like a puppy. He doesn't even know where they are going, even though George has informed him countless times, which annoys George so much. He complains about being weighed down by him. Without Lenny, his life would be easier and less filled with trouble. Lenny always causes trouble wherever he goes, so the two of them cannot keep a steady job and have to drift from place to place. In the last ranch they worked together, Lenny tried to touch a girl's dress and was mistaken for a rapist, so they had to leave and find work somewhere else. Lenny has his obsession, he likes everything that is soft to the touch, such as female dresses, mice, and rabbits. He gets excited anytime rabbits are mentioned. He and George have the same dream, to save up their wages and buy a plot of land, so they could plant all kinds of fruits and vegetables, and rear cows, pigs, and rabbits. This way, they could live off the land and wouldn't need to scramble around to make a living. They could lie down comfortably by the fireplace at home, listening to the sound of the rain outside, and have cream, so goddamn thick you got to cut it with a knife and take it out with a spoon. Lenny constantly pesters George to tell him about this aspiration, even though he has already heard it so many times and knows it by heart. Every time George mentions his life fantasies, Lenny would talk about raising the rabbit by himself. In order to take care of the rabbits one day, Lenny remembers every piece of advice that George gives him, such as to stay silent when they get to the ranch, and to hide in the woods if he gets into trouble. That night, Lenny falls asleep with this dream in mind. At the ranch, George conceals their past from the owner, and the two of them settle down there. Lenny constantly reminds himself not to cause any trouble, but other workers like to provoke him out of the blue. One of these people is the ranch owner's son, Curly. Because Lenny is a big and tall man, Curly likes to pick fights with him to show off his strength. Curly's wife is also considered a troublemaker. Lenny only has to look at her a couple of times before George starts to reprimand him. For these reasons, Lenny constantly feels frightened and helpless. He begs George to take him away from the ranch, but ends up being told that they will leave once they've made enough money. Trying to add something positive to Lenny's life, George gets him a newborn puppy to replace the mouse that he petted and accidentally killed in the woods on their way to the ranch. Things seem to be going smoothly and their dream appears to be within reach. On one occasion, Lenny tells George about his wish to keep rabbits as usual. This time, instead of simply describing their future life, George talks about what he did to enhance the possibility of realizing their dream. It turns out he already has his eye on a nice plot of land and can get it at a good price, but he knows they don't have enough money to buy it yet. A worker named Candy overhears their conversation about the land and joins it expressing his desire to be a part of their future home. Candy is an old man with a stump for his right hand, and he can only do some light work cleaning the bunkhouse on the ranch. In the future, when he cannot even clean, he will have no place to go. He will, most likely, be rejected by everyone, just like his aging, sick dog. He, too, wants to have a place of his own, and he is willing to put up his life savings for that. With Candy's contribution, they can pretty much buy the plot of land if they work here for one more month. George, Lenny and Candy get overexcited with the idea of making this long-time dream a reality so soon. They can't help but daydream about their wonderful future whenever they have a chance. They fantasize about the day they will no longer have to worry about food and clothing, about being emotionally fulfilled and will have time to attend a carnival, go to the circus or watch a ball game. When they become land owners, they can go whenever they want, without having to answer to anyone. Of course, Lenny will have his rabbits. He has even imagined how he will protect his precious pets by fighting any other animal that dares to threaten their lives. In their minds, the dream of land will be realized soon. One weekend, George and other workers go into town to have some fun, leaving Lenny behind, bored and lonely. Noticing the light coming from the stable, he goes over to take a look at it out of curiosity. That's when he meets Crooks, the only black man on the ranch. He is isolated from the other men because of the color of his skin, so he lives in the harness room by himself, spends most of his time alone, and only gets to drink with everyone on Christmas. It goes without saying that he does not welcome other people into his bunk either. Lenny, being a simple man, does not know all this. His naivete causes Crooks to let down his guard and let him into his bunk. As they chat, Lenny mentions his plan to own a place and keep rabbits. Unlike Candy, Crooks sneers at the idea. He has seen too many people like Lenny. Everyone has this dream of land in their mind, but no one has ever achieved it. It is an utopic idea, just like going to heaven. At that moment, Candy shows up to discuss his plan to make money using rabbits with Lenny. Once again, Crooks tells them that their dream will lead to nothing but self-deception. However, when he learns that they almost have enough funds to put the plan into action, he hesitates. He expressed the wish to join the group and offers to help them for free in exchange for room and board. Just as the trio is enjoying their conversation, an unwelcome visitor appears. Curly's wife is peeking around outside, asking if anyone in the room has seen her husband. She often wanders around the ranch like this, searching everywhere for him. The workers joke that Curly is searching for his wife half the time, while his wife is searching for him the other half. The truth is that she knows where Curly is, she just doesn't want to stay in her room by herself all day so she often goes around the ranch aimlessly, giving workers the eye. The workers, however, feel uneasy talking to her. She is too beautiful, too attractive. They try to stay away from her as much as possible to avoid losing their jobs or ending up in prison. Soon, this feeling of uneasiness turns into resentment, and the three men use every means available to drive her away. Regardless, Curly's wife refuses to budge and keeps verbally provoking them, calling them a nigger, a dum-dum, and a lousy of sheep. Candy can no longer hold back. Ignoring his agreement with George and Lenny to keep their plan in secret, he tells Curly's wife about their dream of owning a ranch. Unsurprisingly, she mocks him. Her insolence infuriates Crooks. He tries to drive her away, but the young woman reminds him that she is the boss's daughter-in-law causing him to immediately back down. Only then Crooks realizes his plight and identity, the conversation with Lenny and Candy earlier almost made him forget all of that. After the others have left, he tells Candy that he was only joking about wanting to join them. Crooks is the first to recognize the reality. The others, however, will only realize it later, when things get tragic. One Sunday afternoon, Lenny enters the barn to pet his puppy, as he always does. Previously, he has always heeded George's advice to not take the newborn pup away from his mother, and to avoid petting him for too long, since the animal was still very weak. This time, however, the puppy ends up dying due to his uncontrolled strength, just like the mouse he stroked before in the woods. Feeling helpless, he looks at the dead pup, not knowing how to tell George about what happened. He is afraid that George will not let him keep rabbits if he finds out that he ended up hurting one more animal. Just then, Curly's wife appears once again. She signals up to Lenny quietly, with her bouncy hair curls, and tries to start a conversation. Lenny ignores her and she mistakenly believes that he is too afraid to talk to her because of Curly, just like all the other workers. But the truth is that Lenny doesn't understand all this all he knows is that George has warned him not to speak to her. However, when she notices his puppy and asks about it, he starts to talk. And Curly's wife, too, starts pouring her heart out, having finally found a conversation partner. She tells him that as a young girl, she had a good future, but ended up marrying Curly before she could build it up. Now, every day, she either has to listen to Curly brag about all the fights he has won, or else she is stuck in her room alone with no one to casually chat with. Her life is filled with boredom and loneliness. While Lenny appears to be listening, his mind is preoccupied with his puppy and rabbits. He explains that he is obsessed with rabbits because he likes to touch anything that feels soft. Curly's wife feels the same way, she likes to touch silk and velvet fabric, as well as her own hair. As she makes this statement, She lets Lenny touch her hair to feel how soft it is. It is indeed very soft. Lenny can't take his hands off her hair, and he starts to stroke harder and harder. Curly's wife is worried that he would mess up her hairdo, so she asks him to stop. Nonetheless, Lenny doesn't know how to let go. Her angry voice sends him into a panicked state, and he inadvertently clings on more and more tightly. At this point, She is already terrified and starts to scream. Lenny doesn't know how to calm her down, so he covers her nose and mouth with his other hand. She struggles violently, writhing to break free, and as soon as he loosens his grip slightly, she immediately cries out loudly. Lenny's fear turns to anger as he worries that her cries will get him into trouble. He's so worried that he starts to shake her violently, trying to make her quiet. Suddenly, she becomes still. Lenny has broken her neck, just like what he did to the mouse and puppy. When Lenny realizes that he is in trouble once again, this time, a big one, he remembers George's instructions and hides in the woods, leaving the body on the haystack. The first people to find it are Candy and George, and they immediately realize what has happened. Their dream has been shattered, they can't work in the ranch anymore. On top of that, Lenny will be lynched. As the crowd searches for the killer, George steals a gun and finds Lenny first. Unlike before, he doesn't get mad at his friend. This causes Lenny to think that George has forgiven him, and he is finally able to relax. He pesters George once again to tell him about their future. This time, George asks him to look across the river so that he could almost visualize what he is describing. George points the barrel at the back of Lenny's head, steadies his own trembling hands, and pulls the trigger. Lenny dies blissfully in the dream that George has woven for him. Everything has come to an end. Later, when all the other workers arrive, and George joins them to go drinking. That concludes the plot of the novella. George recounts their dream of land to Lenny over and over again, watching it rise and fall, and finally crumble to dust without a trace.